0: All right, all right, all right.
1: Hello, everybody. It is David Schiff here with the WannaBet Podcast. As always, I am here with my partner, my compatriot, the man who is still the
0: legend, Miles V. Miles, how the hell are you, buddy? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. David, there's a couple of topics I wanted to discuss here, if that's cool. And uh, these are kind of some observations I've had this week. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, Look, I know that injuries are part of the game. It's a very violent game. But these season-ending injuries that we've had in this first couple of weeks, to me, is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it's been rough and some very high profile injuries in big games and, you know, players that teams have put a lot of stock in and put a lot of emphasis on suddenly gone for the year and it's tough. And, you know, NFL has really turned into a sport of attrition and how you can adapt, you know, both as the actual teams and as betters like ourselves and fantasy owners, you got to just move on to the next. But it's tough.
0: It's tough to watch. Yeah, and I, I'm used to it, but I'm used to it not happening in weeks one and two of the season. Like someone will be out for the season come week eight or nine, but these these injuries in week one and two are, are hard to deal with and hard to adjust. I mean, you've got Aaron Rodgers out the first game. you got J.K. Dobbins out the first game. Uh, the Nick Chubb injury, man, that was brutal, and that was in the second game. And, and you don't just replace Nick Chubb with any other running back. That guy is a steamroller. I mean, what he was doing in that game, they couldn't stop him, and it's just a whole different look to bring in a different type of back than Nick Chubb. So I think that uh, that Cleveland's going to have a, a really tough time trying to adjust this year without having him.
1: Yeah, you can, you can say next man up all you want, but – those people are starters for a reason and they're rock stars and you don't just replace a Nick Chubb. You're
0: right. Yeah. And and just yesterday, I think in practice, I heard that uh, Trey digs of Dallas now is going to be out for the year and he was an important part of their defense. So again, these, uh, these teams really have to adjust midseason uh, or early in the season uh, with these injuries. And I, I just, uh, I know it always happens. I just feel like it's happening early and often.
1: Yeah, it sure is. And, um, you know, now we're two weeks in. And, you know, the point I want to make is we need to divorce ourselves of all of the opinions that we had preseason and all of the wishes and all of the predictions that we made about teams we thought we were going to be good or we thought we were going to be bad. We got to let go of that ego and really look at the eyeball test of how the teams are actually playing. I want the Steelers to be better. They don't have a great offense. I thought the Rams were going to be awful. They're playing okay. Matthew Stafford has had a little bit of a resurgence. Russell Wilson is doing pretty well. Tampa Bay is 2-0. and So you really have to be ruthless at this point And, you know, just look at the results, look at the data, look at the trends, look at the numbers, and bet accordingly. Uh, but sometimes that can be hard to do.
0: Are you going to divorce your hometown feelings for your Chargers who look absolutely abysmal out there? Thank you, sir. May I have another?
1: We're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, let me remind everybody. So every week on the One Bet podcast, Miles and I bet $1,000 on the teams and the games and the numbers that we like best. And so every week on the podcast, we're going to spend a couple minutes looking backwards at the bets we made last week. And then we're going to wipe the slate clean, give ourselves a fresh $1,000, and look ahead to week 3 So Miles should I should I delve into my week 2
0: bets? No, I'm not ready to do that because I have some other observations that I'd like to talk about before we look backward if you don't mind. Observe away. The stage is yours. I'm getting a little bit pissed off about looking at some of these games, thinking that I've won the bet and then it ends up losing or pushing because of the prevent defense. Okay, can we talk about that for a little bit? We've got the Niners totally dominating the Rams. Yeah. And at the end of the game, you got McVeigh who kicks a meaningless field goal as time expires just to cover. Okay. <laughs> you think he had money on the game? I, there was no <laughs> conceivable reason. I've heard he's made excuses like, I didn't know about the spread. I wanted to give, you know, practice to my kicker. Uh, there's a season tiebreaker and more points is one of them. That's bullshit. Totally. Like points is like the number 9 tiebreaker. Okay, it never comes into play. Give your kicker practice. Come on. Yeah. This was absolute bullshit. The the Niners dominated that game. I fully thought they were going to win. Mm-hmm. They're up 10. They know they're going to win and they just allowed LA to move the ball and instead of taking a knee, right? When when you're ahead, you take a knee. When you're behind, you kick a field goal to cover. I mean, that's just it's the opposite really of of what should happen.
1: Yeah. I've never seen a meaningless field goal with time expiring to end a game. It's one thing if you can give yourself, you know, 10 or 12 seconds at the end to try to get an
0: onside kick and throw a Hail Mary. That's completely legit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have the chance at 19 seconds, they could have kicked the field goal gone for the onside. If you want to have st- right. strategy in there, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But this was absolute bullshit. And you know how many times do you see someone you know in in the red zone or at the goal line, and they end up taking a knee at the end of the game to run out the clock? You know, if that was the case, why not run up the score and just score them?
1: Yeah, I agree. It was weird. That was a weird ending to a game, and you know, also the Panthers, right? You know, they scored uh, some some meaningless. Points at the end of the game to, to cover against, uh, was it the Falcons? Who, who did they play?
0: No, it's New Orleans. New Orleans was up by 11, right? 11 points at the end of the game. You know they're going to win, and their prevent defense allowed another touchdown and a two-point conversion, and everyone pushed at minus three.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we talk about every game is always a sweat. They're always close, but those are the most frustrating games when you are sailing along, you know, completely secure in your spread or whatever. And then it just
0: bites you at the end. Really, really frustrating. I agree. It becomes a backdoor cover on a game that it was dominated by the team that you picked. And that's why I'm so hesitant on some of these double digit spreads. That's why they scare me, because you never know what could happen. I mean, even last night in the San Francisco, New York Giants game of Thursday, you know, the Giants, if they end up scoring a touchdown and a two-point conversion, they could have backdoored in the ten and a half points. So, really, really crazy. I, I, I don't like it. I'm with you.
1: It's it's frustrating, particularly as bettors, uh, particularly when you have bet that game and you're just sweating it out and just yelling at the television.
0: And, and maybe that's it. Maybe I've been on the wrong side of these and what I need is to get a break when one of these days my way and then maybe I won't be complaining. But... It's something I'm not letting go of. And, and, and speaking of not letting go of, I, I'd like to, to go back to the diarrhea on a plane issue. This is the gift that keeps on giving. I think we should talk about it every week, if that's cool with you. Yeah, please. I'm going change, to change the name of the podcast to One a Shit. Well, so To be honest, I mean, and that's kind of where I'm going. This whole diary on the plane got me thinking. And this is rhetorical. You, you don't need to answer, but... I'm How does a blind person know when he's done wiping his ass? Surely you can't be serious. (laughs) I have two eyes. I've got glasses. I've got bifocals. And and I don't even know when to stop wiping, okay? (laughs) I'm basically at the point where I'm buying navy and black underwear because it's obvious that I don't know when to stop wiping.
1: Uh, I'm so concerned about the fact that you have devoted time to thinking about this. I don't even know what to say other than is it a
0: feel issue? Can't you just kind of tell what's going on down there? Do you need to see it? Yeah, I do. I I know when I'm done when my ass is bleeding. That's when I know that I'm done. (laughs) And it's not fun because I've had hemorrhoids in the past. And basically, every time I drop a deuce, there's a bunch of blood, sweat, and tears. So I, I don't know. If you were to name a movie after me taking a dump, I think it'd be called "There Will Be Blood."
1: <laughs> this podcast has taken a really awful turn for the worse. I, I don't know what happened, um, uh, but I don't—I don't like the direction with we're going. I'm concerned about your hygiene. Uh, I, I'm going to have to do some research and, and try to get you an answer because uh, th- things are not going
0: well for you, Miles. I, I'm sorry for you. I'm—I'm I'm almost resorting to just taking a shower after I take a dump just to. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if other people feel the same way. I know I know my uh, my cousins feel the same way. but that's, Maybe uh, you that's need true. a bidet. Do you have a bidet? Like, I think maybe that's your solution. Okay. That's something I can look into. Get a fountain up there and just have it
1: all cleaned out. That's what that thing is for.
0: Uh, I, I, I've never tried one, but, but I'm, I'm not opposed to, to trying new things. So was
1: there more of a connection to the diarrhea on a plane, or you just kind of jump had a jumping-off point from that? experience into a whole bathroom issue.
0: It just got me thinking. I mean, that's really all for this week, but I'm sure by next week I'll have a new topic stemming from the diarrhea on a plane issue. <laughs> Look out for that coming your way at One a Bed Podcast. I cannot
1: wait. I can cannot wait to edit this whole segment. Well, should we get back to football miles? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we could do that.
1: Well, You know what, Miles? I'll tell you, after your week one where you took the silver sombrero, I I really felt bad for you. I I knew it was a tough week, and I thought, you know, what's a gift that I can give to Miles V in week two? And that gift would be to take a sympathy silver sombrero, uh, because I, speaking of shit, shit the bed last week, and I went over. Tell me. It was tough. It was a tough week, Uh, and I'll go over my games quickly, so... The big bet of the week last last week was the Cincinnati Baltimore game and I had bet 440 to win 400 that the total score was going to be under 46 points and you know, what sucks about a bet like this is that I essentially had it handicapped correctly. I thought it was going to be a really tough AFC North grind it out in the trenches kind of game. I thought Burrow and the Bengals were going to be better on offense than they were in week one, but not great. It's exactly, you know, where they were. Burrow threw for over 200 yards. You know, the Ravens didn't have JK Dobbins. I thought it was going to be a low scoring affair, but I got a fun fact for you, Miles. In In 2022, there were 973 punts. Do you know how many were returned for a touchdown? Not many. I'm guessing like a handful. Three. Mm -hmm. There were three punts returned for a touchdown in 2022. And guess what happened in the Cincinnati-Baltimore game? Cincinnati returned an 81-yard punt return for a touchdown. And yeah, that was the difference in the game. Uh, final score 27-24. I missed the under on that game. Punt return, you know, can't say that that was what did me in, but boy, when you you feel like you're on a game and something like that happens that, you know, statistically is really an anomaly, that was very frustrating. So did not get that game, did not get the game, the other two games. We're going to talk about this game also, a little bit, Kansas City-Jacksonville, I know you have some things to say on that. I had the over in this game, and I will just go through this quickly. 330 to win 300. I was nowhere near the over on this game. It was a miss from the beginning. Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence were just average. You know, Mahomes had an interception. Lawrence only threw for 216 yards. And guess what? When you bet an over and there are zero points scored in the first quarter, you know you are probably not going to win that over. Neither offense got going. It was just a miss from day one. Now let's come to the Charger game. My last bet was the Chargers minus three on the road in Tennessee. I had bet 230 to win 219. You know, you can say this was a homer bet all you want. I really don't think it was. The Chargers, you know, they've scored 58 points in two games, they have zero turnovers, and they're 0 2. You know, they lose 27-24. And one thing I've determined with my eyeballs is this is just a coaching staff and a mentality where they are trying to play close games. They have the ball at the end of the game. They're down three. They're driving. If they score a touchdown, not only do they win, but I cover my bet. They don't even try to get a touchdown. They're just trying for the tying field goal, which they get, but then they don't move the ball in overtime. They give the ball back to uh, to, uh, Tennessee. And they lose in overtime. And I have no sympathy for this team. Uh, I'm officially off the Brandon Staley wagon. I just don't think he has the mentality for the team. Yeah, they missed Austin Eckler. Joey Bosa was playing on a bad leg, but he got some, you know, some tackles and sacks in there. You know, it's just gonna it's gonna take a lot for me to get back on a charger bet this year because they're just a soft team. That's just the reality. They're a soft team.
0: Yeah. Last year during our podcast, there were several teams where it just we didn't seem to have a good feel for the the times we'd bet on them, they'd lose. The times that we'd stay off them, they'd win. And I feel like the Chargers are that or one of those teams. We just can't figure them out. And yeah, I'm I'm gonna stay away from them too for a bit.
1: Yeah. So that was my week. Uh, I turned a thousand dollars into zero. That's great. Which is, uh, you know, it's uh, hard to do. You have to really work to do it. Um, But I will move ahead. Uh, I've got uh, one victory and one loss after two weeks. So, Miles, before we get into your recap, I want to tell our listeners a little bit of a story. So, last Sunday, you know, I woke up and started puttering around. And about 10.40, I was watching the games and there was... Very little scoring going on in the – all of our games were the early games last week. Very little scoring was going on in the Kansas City-Jacksonville game, which I didn't love. Too much scoring was going on in the Cincinnati-Baltimore game, which I didn't love. I didn't know what was going on in the Charger game. And I sent you a text, and it said, I'm already sweating my games. (laughs) And you sent me a text back, and you said, quote, I've already lost.
0: So, Miles, why don't you tell everybody how you did last week? David, I went undefeated. I went 3-0 and last week. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> to my credit, at the time I sent you that text, I was watching the Packers-Falcons game, which I was on, and that was the over 40-and-a-half. And, and here's what happened in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Green Bay gets the ball. They get a great pass interference in their favor. They're marching into uh, Atlanta territory. They're going to line up for a field goal, and what happens? They get a delay of game. They don't get it off in time. Pushing them back five yards, and instead of kicking a field goal, they had to punt. Three points right off the board there in the first quarter. I'm like, what the hell just happened? How do you do that to yourself? <laughs> well, when Atlanta gets the ball later that quarter, they're at first and goal at the one, mm-hmm. and they don't punch it in. They've got Algiers. They've got Bijon Robinson. You, they've got How many – times you seeing people just push the quarterback in from behind at one yard. That's all that's happening, right? No, they get a field goal and there's another four points off the board. So I'm thinking I got to go over four and a half and here I am losing points. So I was in a mood. I'll tell you when I wrote you that one.
1: Yeah, but it all turned around, didn't it?
0: Yeah. Fortunately, that's what I actually did cover early in the fourth quarter, which is always nice. I love when you hit your overs early. Um, but I'll tell you, it was a struggle and, Fortunately, that one came through. Uh, my big bet was funny because that was the game you were on. I, I, I bet 660 to win 600 on Kansas City over Jacksonville.
1: I just wish I was sitting in a room watching you watch that game. You must have been a, a, just a living embodiment of anxiety
0: and, and fear and sweat and awfulness. I, I wasn't because I'm watching the red zone which only shows those games when they get close to scoring. And as you said, they didn't score in the first quarter. So I'm not getting Like the least amount of highlights I'm getting is coming from Kansas City, Jacksonville. Because what was that game? 17-9 Seven, or something like that? Yeah, 16 something like that. It was low, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the highlights are coming from all the games where people are scoring. And that one I can't, I can't watch. But... um you know that one. I just felt with with ten days to prepare. You know, Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I I, I did think the Chiefs are for real, uh, and and they needed they needed a win. And the three points that they were giving just didn't seem like it was enough. And 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 I was correct. This game uh, did come out in my favor. It's funny. I got it. I think we got a tweet from RJ saying, Hey, you got to be careful of those Florida teams in September and those Florida teams and this weather and whatnot are are really tough to beat. And then RJ went ahead and took the bears over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I thought was not (laughs) the same thing. The bears are playing the Buccaneers. (laughs) Why is it different that Kansas city is playing Jacksonville? But uh, in any event, uh, Kansas city won. I won um it's the most i've ever bet on a, a game on our program and uh i was i'm happy that that one that one came mm-hmm. a good bounce back, good bounce back week for the chiefs and then my last game actually was the other side of that tampa bay bears i i took tampa bay and that's really because the bears they're just an absolute mess living in chicago it's virtually all i'm hearing on on sports radio uh, they just had a coach resign, and I think his house was raided by the FBI. Nice. There's more news to follow on that. Wow! Like their defensive coordinator just had to suddenly quit. Uh, you've got Justin Fields always at the podium now apologizing for stuff, and he's complaining. DJ Moore's complaining. Really, the only problem is going to be that they're going to get double-digit points now almost all the time, and I just don't, don't know what they're going to be. But their season is lost. That, this is a team that – I think the people in Chicago had a lot of high hopes for originally, and they also have to alter their perspective on preseason predictions because the Bears are not good.
1: Yeah, fans in Chicago and fans in New York are not having a good start to the season. It's been it's been brutal for both of those big cities.
0: But I did go perfect. I, uh, I bet uh, I won $1,904 to my bank going 3-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt good to kind of get back uh, in the mix. And then I want to talk about our listeners because um, we had a couple listeners who had winning weeks and a couple listeners that had losing weeks but still got some money back. And unfortunately, David, I think you happened to do the worst out of everyone.
1: Hard to go worse than zero, but yeah.
0: So we had uh, Bill Koklanis. He uh, put twelve seventy nine in his bank, taking Seattle and taking Buffalo. So good for him. We had Dave Siegel. He had a couple of overs that came in, uh, the Bills Raiders over and the Seattle Lions over. Seattle Lions over was a really good pick. I don't know why I didn't see that one. That was just a high-scoring fast, so that good for him. We had RJ. He took the uh, the Falcons, and they won, so that was 630 for him. Donnie Wheels, he had Buffalo, and then he had the New Orleans Push – so, I'm sure he can relate to that pre event the prevent defense mm-hmm. um, Dave barons uh who started out the year undefeated, also had the Seahawks and the New Orleans push eight hundred dollars for him mm-hmm. and then we have a new uh a new player this week, my cousin Nick, he came in with the Steelers and the New Orleans push eight hundred and sixty for him. but really glad to see uh, that Nick has joined us in the festivities. He's been a long time listener but he, uh, he just started tweeting out his pick. So.
1: And, and by the way, one more. I don't think he gave us a full assortment of bets, but John Zvogdis predicted that the Giants were going to cover against Buffalo last week. So that did not happen by a long shot. But I do want to give John a shout-out for weighing in, and uh, we appreciate you listening.
0: Yeah, and actually, I have a shout out for him later on when I go over my bets for the week. All right. Before we get to our ne- next bets, why don't we uh, take a commercial break and come back? Let's do it. We're going to make bets on week three when we
1: come back on the One to Bet podcast. And we are back with the One Bet podcast. We have recapped our bets from week two, uh, and overall, as Miles mentioned, he has got nineteen oh four in his bank, all from week two. And I've got 1470 in my bank, all from week one. So we are going to turn our attention to week three. I'm going to start off. So here's my big bet of the week. I am looking at the Steelers-Raiders under at 43. My big bet is 550 to win 500. And sit back and listen to these stats. In two games this year, Miles, do you know how many points the Raiders have scored? Two games. The Raiders,
0: um...
1: No, maybe under 30? 27. 27 points in two games. Last week, they scored 10. Jimmy Garoppolo, two interceptions last week. Josh Jacobs, nine carries, minus two yards. I actually think that Zamir White might start to get some more carries on that team. He, he averaged over five yards a carry. Um, on the other side of the ball, in their first two games, the Steelers' offense... Do you know how many points
0: they've scored? Not many, man. I watched them play the other night, and it was their defense that was making all the uh, all the points.
1: Steelers' offense has scored 19 points. That does include a missed conversion after a touchdown. Now, their defense did score two touchdowns last week. Statistically, I don't see that happening this week. You know, I think this is going to be a really, really low-scoring affair. Garoppolo takes care of the ball, but he can't move... You know, Down the field, the Raiders aren't scoring. This is going to be a tough road game for the Steelers' offense on Sunday night. I think this has got under, under, under screaming from the rafters. Two mediocre offenses, one elite defense. I think there's a lot of money to be made here. I'm going, like I said, going big, 550 to win 500. There you go.
0: That is a big bet. Yeah, that's probably the second biggest we've had on the show because we usually – don't break that 500 mark. If you uh, win this bet, you, you're going to be up for the week. So. Well,
1: you were an encouragement to me last week by going so big on Kansas City. And I just think that, I just think that you have two teams who are really going to be struggling to score points. And I don't see anything changing. As I said, Pickett and Pickens and the whole Pittsburgh offense, they are just struggling right now. And they have a great defense. And they're going to put the, the clamps on the Raiders offense. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair.
0: Yeah, I like your enthusiasm. I like that you know you believe <laughs> in it. Because I know I was the same way with Kansas City. I really felt strongly about it, and, and it came to fruition. So hopefully this one will for you as well. Um, my first bet is going to be the Detroit Lions at minus 3 against Atlanta. And that is at a minus 120 right now at the minus 3. So I have to bet 480 to win 400. So this is kind of my breakdown on that game. Uh, You had the Lions. They won their first game against the Chiefs, and that basically shocked the world. Last week, they went to overtime, uh, but they ultimately lost the game. So this week, I'm expecting a bounce-back week against what I think is a mediocre 2-0 Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm excited the Falcons are 2-0 because I picked them to win the NFC South, and I put money down on them to win the NFC South. But I'm not excited that they haven't figured out how to get both Kyle Pitts and Drake London to be involved in the same game. Uh, The first game, I think Drake London got blanked. And then last week, Kyle Pitts was a a no-show. And I'm not excited about Desmond Ritter. He is one of the weaker quarterbacks in the game. So you really compare that with Jared Goff who's doing an exceptional job this year and I'm really ready to get on that lion's bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on Amon Ross St. Brown, who I'm expecting to see out there. I really like his chemistry with golf. I think those two are an exciting duo to watch. Uh, I think Atlanta can, you know, at two and zero, can afford to take a road loss here and not disrupt their season. And I think the lions here need to win. So I, I'm uh, making my bigger bet on the Lions.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about this game. Uh, a lot of things going on here. Bijan Robinson versus Jameer Gibbs. I think that's going to be a really exciting matchup to look at. And I think you're right that Atlanta has two tough, Mediocre wins at home, and this is their first road game, and I think that is going to be um, a little bit of a wake-up call for them going on the road playing in Detroit. Jared Goff has been playing well. Here's a stat for you: the Lions are 24 and 12 against the spread under Dan Campbell, so he gets his team ready. Um, They are coming off a a tough home loss to Seattle. Uh, The Detroit offensive line is a little bit banged up so I would be a little concerned about that but uh, Jared Goff has been he's been good he's been really good the last two years you know his touchdown to interception ratio is you know one of the best in the league so uh totally get this bet and I would not be surprised at all if it comes in for you so what do you have next Here's what I have next. I have Seattle minus five and a half at home over my favorite team to bet on or against the Carolina Panthers. Now, a couple of things going on in this game. First of all, the line was six and a half. Uh, it's dropped down to five and a half.
0: That means the pub the public likes the other way, is what that means.
1: And I think that has to do with Andy Dalton probably going to be playing quarterback. I don't know. So Bryce Young has been out the first couple of days of practice this week. And I think people are probably looking at Andy Dalton as a veteran who's better able to go into Seattle and keep it together than Bryce Young. You know, we've been, we've been laser focused on the Panthers all year. They're clearly a work in progress. You know, Bryce Young has just been bad, you know, to be realistic about it. You know, he's got a QBR rating of 35 and a half. He's only led, you know, two touchdown drives. Uh, He's got three turn, you know, three turnovers in two games, two interceptions and a fumble. They're just not a good team. They're not expected to be a good team. If Andy Dalton is the quarterback, I think that he's got a little bit more presence as a veteran, but he's not as mobile. I think Seattle is just going to tee off on him. It is a tough place to play. Andy Dalton is a backup for a reason. You know, as you said, the Panthers did manage to score 10 points in the fourth quarter last week, you know, to cover, but they're just not a good team. They just lost one of their best linebackers, Shaq Thompson. He's out for the year. That's not going to help. And look, you've got the, the 12th man in Seattle. It's a brutal place to play. You know, last week they toughed out a really gritty win in Detroit last week. Tyler Lockett had two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker had two touchdowns. Geno Smith played a lot better. I am hoping that DK Metcalf plays. He's questionable right now. But I just think too much Seattle at home. They're going to win against Carolina and they're going to cover five and a half. Um and I'm going to win that bet.
0: Yeah, Seattle was my darling last year. I really, really made a lot of money betting on them, and I took them in week one, and they did not uh, work for me as I, as I swung and missed with them. Um, I did go back to them last week on the side, not in one of our bets, but just on the side thinking them getting points uh, was going to be a win for them, and they outright won the game like you said. So I'm just not ready to bet on Seattle. Um, I, I do like our strategies of betting against these first year quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. you take, you know, you take Bryce Young out of the mix and I think it's a different game. You know, I think, uh, last week, Anthony Richardson of the Colts got injured and they bring in Gardner Minshew. I think that's a whole different dynamic. So it's like, we're losing the strategy of betting against these first years because their backups are getting in there and it's throwing a little bit of you know, uncertainty into the mix. So I don't know, um, you know, if you liked this bet when it was Bryce Young, supposedly a quarterback, or whether it changes with uh, the Red Rifle, but I think it's going to be just a different game than originally planned.
1: Yeah. When I first started looking at this bet, it was definitely Bryce Young, was my reason for going against the Panthers, thinking about Bryce Young going into Seattle, you know, that's a lot to deal with as a rookie quarterback. Andy Dalton is a pocket passer. He's had some good success, but he's on the downside of his career. He is there to mentor Bryce Young. I think the line has moved because of him, but not enough for me to change my bet on Seattle. I still think they win at home. I think they cover against a bad team.
0: Yeah, I don't like the skill position players on Carolina. I was very disappointed to see them at the end of the game move the ball against New Orleans. So I, I like your bet. So there you go. That's my second bet. What do you got? So my second bet is going to be a, uh, a rule one bet. I am taking the New York Jets plus three against the New England Patriots. And that's going to be at a minus 125 because it's a two and a half and I'm buying the half point. And that's $375 to win 300 so this is my analysis here. You got week one, the Jets are at home against Buffalo. Four plays in, Jets lose Aaron Rodgers for the season. Everyone thinks they're counting out, and what happens? They still manage to beat a good Buffalo team. Why? I attribute the why to rule one. In these divisional games, which generally are a lot closer than other you know, games, whether it's uh, conference or, or not, the home underdog always seems to keep it close. And and sometimes win, often cover. It's a disproportionate just, just number of times. So I don't have the exact stats on the home underdogs in these divisional games. But underdogs are covering at a high rate this season. But it also seems like the road teams are winning more than, uh, than home teams this year. So it's kind of a mixed bag. And to be honest, this matchup is a little bit troubling because... New England has won something like the last 14 games against the Jets.
1: Yeah, they have a serious streak, absolutely. So maybe maybe they will continue the streak and you'll win your bet. How about that?
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing. You know, this isn't the New England dynasty of Tom Brady. I mean, those 14 years, probably, you know, 14 games, 10 or so of them was with a different team. This is Mac Jones. And I don't think that New England is anywhere near the same team that it is with Mac Jones at the helm. So I'm hoping maybe that Zach Wilson gets himself a MILF before the game and uh, and walks away with a W.
1: Yeah, I'm actually surprised that New England's favored by two and a half, you know, on the road. Uh, you know, against the Jets. They're just a mediocre team. The Patriots have the worst receiving core in the league, statistically. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Zach Wilson has been bad. You know, he's got two touchdowns and four interceptions. He's hitting on barely 50% of his passes. I think, you know, the defense for the Jets are going to have to carry this game. Uh, I looked at the under on this one, to be honest with you, because I just think points are going to be hard to come by on
0: both sides. Uh, let's see how Rule 1 holds up for you. yeah. Well, when, when points are hard to come by, uh, I often like taking the team that's receiving points. So, uh, again, in this divisional game, home underdog, getting points. Um, let's see what happens. I, I'm uh, betting 375, uh, and I feel okay about it, but, uh, but I want to feel better about it, and maybe things will develop during the week.
1: All right, let's move on to my final bet of the week, and I am betting Denver – Uh, and at plus seven on the road over Miami. The line is six and a half, and I am buying the half point at minus 125, and this is a little bit of a strange bet. Um, I kind of looked at this one, went went away from it, came back to it. To bet on Denver to cover a spread in Miami against a high-powered offense probably uh, is not a conventional bet, but I just think that This game is going to be closer than people think it's going to be. So I am betting my last 120 uh, to win 96. And when you look at Denver, they're 0-2, and they've lost those two games by a total of three points. Yes, there was a Hail Mary at the end of the uh, Commanders game to get it close. But Russell Wilson has been better. He has been playing a lot better. Sean McVay is doing exactly what he was hired to do, which is to revitalize the career of Russell Wilson. Russell has um, almost 500 yards passing, five touchdowns, one interception in two games. He's got a quarterback rating over 107. And I think that this is a team, as I said at the beginning, where you might have had a perception of Denver at the beginning, but they are playing better. Um, and I think that they're going to keep this game close. Now, one of the reasons that I made this bet as well is that Jalen Waddle is in concussion protocol. So you've got a team that is a quick strike, very, very accomplished offense with uh, you know Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Tua passing, and they've been you know putting up big points. But I think even if Waddle plays, he's not going to be at full strength. Um, and look. This is one of those games where I just think that the spread is too big and a team is going to keep it close. Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, um, you know, rushing the ball. He's been pretty good. They're going to sneak up on Miami, and they're going to cover.
0: Uh, Good luck with that. I think uh, if Waddle doesn't play, I really like love your chances. Uh, With Waddle in there, I mean, seven points, I I like the seven points too. Right now, I'm kind of in a a mood of taking these points just because – I'm just not seeing the blowouts, and uh, and just everyone's backdooring their way in. So,
1: by the way, I was was, one thing about this game. I was looking at it. I was looking at the lines, and then I flipped over to ESPN, and right on the front page of the NFL page of ESPN, Pat McAfee, who's you know one of their commentators and reporters, he wrote an article why Denver is going to cover the spread against Miami. So it was right there. It was a sign. It was blinking at me. I said,
0: "This is my." This is my sign to make this bet. This is the juju.
1: Okay, I get you. I got some juju.
0: So my last bet is another Rule 1 bet and Rule 1A too. And if you remember, and I will uh, remind our audience, Rule 1 was stop betting against the home underdogs, right? So take those games out. But Rule 1A was if you're going to look at these games, then why don't you trust yourself and bet on the home dog? And here I'm taking the Washington Commanders plus 7 against the Buffalo Bills. Now, the spread's at six and a half. I had to buy the extra half point that is a minus 140, and I'm betting 145 to win 104. So really, all of my bets this week are at uh, a higher VIG than normal, and so I'm not going to win 900. I'm, I'm spending a 1000 but I'm going to win under $900 if, if all of them come in. I mentioned uh, one of our listeners, Johns Vagdus. He pointed out something to us in one of his tweets. He said something is off with these Buffalo Bills, and I agree with that statement. About the only thing you can count on right now with Buffalo is that Josh Allen's going to throw an interception. (laughs) (laughs) The commanders are quietly finding ways to win. Okay? They've beaten Arizona and now Denver, and getting 7 points at home really kind of helps the cause because a lot of these buffalo games are going under because of all these turnovers and commanders i like their defense um, you know i'm not making a huge bet here in case buffalo finds themselves from years past where they're high scoring and their in their defense kind of keeps people from scoring but commanders are 2 and 0 i like them i like them getting 7 i like them as a home dog um, and right now I'm just trying to find games where I'm taking the points because that seems to be one of the earlier trends this year. Yeah, I got a couple of things to say about this game. First of all, no
1: respect for the two and O Commanders uh, at home getting six and a half points. I think the question is, I would question the analysis of Buffalo though. They demolished the Raiders, thirty eight to ten. Yeah, you know. Josh Allen is a little bit of a wild card, and he's always running outside of the pocket and making some wild throws, but they, I, I think the question is what Buffalo Bills team shows up. Is it the team from week one that lost to the Jets and Zach Wilson, or is it the team from week two that beat that beat the Raiders? The Raiders aren't that good, but it does feel that Buffalo turned the corner a little bit in week two and played much better, and I think in general they are a better team. So that's what made me nervous about this game, you know, because you've got a team like Buffalo that played very differently in its two games. So what team is it now? Granted, the commanders have played close games. They've done well. Sam Howe has done pretty well. Uh, I do think there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game. Commanders get a lot of sacks. They give up a lot of sacks. There's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of pressure on both quarterbacks. And maybe that turns into a, you know, a turnover somewhere. But for me, this game made me a little bit nervous because I'm not sure what Buffalo Bills team is going to show up.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, now I'm a little nervous. The Commanders, blessed be the fruit and praise be, I just feel like uh, they do play these close games. And you're right, I think Buffalo, kind of like Kansas City, they have their bounce back week in week two. I kind of think Buffalo is the better team. I kind of think Buffalo's going to win, but I feel like it's going to be a one-possession game, and in a one-possession game, I should come out ahead.
1: Yeah, no question. I think statistically, as we've said from the very beginning, so many of these bigger spreads turn into tighter games than we think for whatever reason. It's the NFL.
0: There's parity. All of these games get tight. Uh,
1: we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, there,
0: there's a couple of 12-point spreads this week that I'm laying off of. You know, you've got Dallas and you've got uh, Kansas City that, that are both huge favorites. And while I think both of those teams are really, really good, you know – that you only need to win by one point in the NFL to uh, to get the W. And so these extra points are just making me nervous.
1: No question about it. So those are our bets for week three. It's going to be another exciting week of football in the One to Bet podcast. Miles, you want to recap our bets really
0: quickly? I will tell you that I am taking the Lions, who are uh, a home favorite. I am taking the uh, the Jets and the Commanders, who are home dogs. I'm following rule one this week, and hopefully it will not come back to bite me.
1: I like it, and I am taking the Steelers-Raiders under 43, two mediocre-to-bad offenses, one elite defense, low-scoring affair. That's my big bet. I've got Seattle minus 5.5 at home against Carolina. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Panthers. They're not going to win in Seattle. Seattle is trending upward in my view. And my final bet, a little bit of a surprise, I have Denver plus 7 on the road covering against Miami. Uh, Jalen Waddle's status helps uh, Miami's offense be not quite as dynamic. Uh, I hope he's okay though, but uh, I think Denver covers this bet.
0: And we want to know what your bets are. We want to see what you have to say. Please go ahead and find us at Twitter or X at OneBetPodcast. Ectus. 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 Um Let's hear what you have to say. Give us your <laughs> uh, your picks. Then the list of people keeps growing, and I like that trend too. So. Let's see what you have for next week, and maybe we'll read your name off on our podcast and tell everyone how you did. Uh, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's see some more participation.
1: I am hereby coining a term, the one about Army. So we want to see that one about Army growing, continuing to engage with us, send us your picks, beat us if you can, and last week anybody beat me. But uh, I, I'm, I'm turning the corner. It's going to be another great week of football. Thanks for listening. Miles, what do you got to say?
0: Love your body, Larry.
1: Peace out, everybody. Have a great week.
0: Electricast. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour.
1: Cast.